it's oftentimes people I meet in like professional settings and I don't know if it's because they're putting on a facade other threes um, yeah it could so i'm starting to wonder <laughs> if it's other threes because it feels very much like i don't actually know what's there oh. i'll be talking to them and this and it's like very awkward and i don't know where to lead and like but they also don't know where to lead so you're it's, both doing the same thing yeah so That's it's what almost happens with me in nines is, really i mean it's not the same thing but it's similar in that it, there's sort of this elemental problem <laughs> of <laughs> of uh well with nines it's you know nines are kind of looking for somebody else to be the engine for somebody else to be the catalyst you know galvanizer mm -hmm. something and when there's two nines it's yeah it's, uh, <laughs> there's no movement <laughs> it's just two floating people and so what are we supposed to do here the big hormone enneagram fascinating that I keep seeing that sort of changing or dying off is, you know, I've always been interested in um, politics from the point of view of uh, the influence of ideology. Like, I don't really give a shit about like, so-and-so said this today, or, you know, this is the new law rolling out, but in terms of like, how politics and economy shapes um, the way we think, you know, sort of the memes and filters we have. And so anyway, even today I was, uh, depressed because I was following the Instagram Enneagram hashtag. <laughs> and, uh, oh, why would you do that? Somebody posted some comparison between Trump and Obama and said, yeah. you know, you, they were making a, they were making kind of an interest, like a, not interesting, but they were making a point about the difference in their types. And, but they said, but I don't want to alienate either side. And I, I was like, <laughs> why not? Like, fucking alienate white nationalists. Like, do it. Like, <laughs> do it. You know, like, don't, like, the, the, so there's a little right. bit of that, like, hangover of, like, let's sort of preserve a kind of a thing, which is, like, a very, um, kind of what I think, feel like we're getting at is, like, something that we've talked about, especially you and I, Emika, of, um, you know, when we're taught, like, talking about like uh the push for quote unquote diversity in the oh, Enneagram yeah. field <laughs> and cool. part of uh part of what I, as i see it what alienates a lot of people who are not white uh and straight from uh engaging with the Enneagram is that a lot of the Enneagram field as it currently stands is couched in a kind of white middle class value system and a and a white middle class professional veneer yeah and, um, you know, so there's this sort of sense of we want more people of color and and of different expressions of uh, and lifestyles and cultures, but also play on our terms of what's professional, acceptable, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, not to shit on that too much, but um, that that it's kind of like um, a company recognizing that they need to increase diversity. <laughs> or something like that, or appeal to a younger, or politician knowing that they, they need to appeal to a younger vote, voting uh, sector, and like maybe Hillary going on some hip hop podcast and talking about how she has hot sauce in her purse, you know, something ridiculous like that. Or um, it just, it doesn't have the spirit of whatever it is that would, innately attract people from that group so it's like oh i want to appeal to younger people but i'm going to make them jump through these ridiculous hoops that they would never jump through um instead of actually like trying to um empathize or actually relate to people that are different from you and relating to them on those terms <laughs> well yeah i feel like you know uh there is a unspoken way that a certain white middle-class professionalism um kind of not language necessarily but just a whole style or zeitgeist yes is over the whole thing and so it doesn't encourage people uh, who are not part of that to 
engage with it because it's sort of like, hey, here's the Enneagram, but you know, you can engage with it in our own style. Yeah. And so like, how do you open it up in a way that like, you're actually making space for other people's style of thinking and expressing themselves. And like, I mean, I don't have to tell you as a black person of how like, you know, there's that kind of white expectation of how a black person should express themselves. Yeah. You know, like, like they're being too loud or whatever, you know, (laughs) or, you know, like, or, or, or when, or when white people like are like, like, uh, like, I, like, oh, I love the the funky spice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's like, uh, like, oh yeah, that's that's the blackness I like, you know. <laughs> you know whatever. And it, but it's true. It, it, there's a sort of style of that. It, like, you know, I mean, men have it with women, and you know, it's like, oh, I'm honoring the goddess or whatever, you know. And it's it's a way of being like, I'm pretending to honor you, and maybe I'm sincerely trying to, but I don't know how to get past my own uh, lexicon and my own style. To I'm not actually like making space for you to show up on your own terms. I'm kind of like setting the terms that I want you to get on the stage with me. For, you know what I'm saying? Here, here's the thing. On like our generation and younger, or whatever you want to call Generation Z, there the internet, um, there's no gap between... like. A trend happens in one subgroup and another sub, if it's cool, another subgroup picks it up and adopts it very, very quickly. So what one person might consider black culture, it, things are being so hybridized that um, young kids are just picking up anything that's interesting that they see on social media, regardless of where it originates. So this idea that, oh, we need to, we need to appeal to diverse groups and young younger groups it's it's so out of touch with what's currently happening in this day and age that everyone's mixing ideas and are mixing so like memes start out in one subgroup and it ends up in every other subgroup um or trend starts out in a black community and it ends up being adopted by everyone else um things are just mixing so quickly that so when i hear this concept of oh we need to become more diverse it's like you're so out of touch that you don't realize that that you just have to jump into in the pool (laughs) of mixing that's already happening like you don't you don't have to like delineate and say we need to actually say something different to these it should just be happening it's like we need to actually yeah Yeah. just like relate to people as (laughs) they're talking like it's like, a very like heady kind of way to attack it. They're like, let's step back and think about how to do this. And we're all just sitting here, like, just have a conversation, guys. <laughs> yeah, think, like you're good. Yeah, like, you know, just these big companies recognize on social media that there's a meme culture. And so like that's that's like, okay, we need to appeal to younger people. Well, a practical way to do that is to to actually speak to young people the way that they speak to each other. So you need to get somebody to handle your social media. So you have all these huge companies that have, I'm sure, teens or millennials handling their social media, putting out these really funny responses that go viral. And that's how you do that. You know, you actually talk to people the way that they talk. <laughs> right. So, so I feel like the Enneagram really fucking needs that. Just someone who gets it and I, that's part of what we're doing is is bringing some personality and and just current ways of expressing yourselves as sometimes people have reacted to the not a four instagram page like are you supposed <laughs> to do this with the enneagram like how is this person doing this like they're in shock because there's nothing in the enneagram that is expressing itself with the same kind of humor that you would ex- you that is completely normal on just mm-hmm. Twitter or yeah. Instagram or just this is what people are doing. It's what? not even my those jokes aren't even a quarter savage as some of the shit that I see on my timeline. <laughs> not no, even totally. totally. The not a four thing is like so uh kid gloves. Uh and, and it's <laughs> yeah. it's just it's usually just gentle teasing. But yeah. um you know there is something to be said about like the Enneagram does take you to deep places and vulnerable places and you know we all struggle with being aware of ourselves and so like i totally 
you know, part of um, really working with people with the Enneagram is, is helping them to feel safe and seen for who they are. And so that, you know, that like, like the kind of the, the razor's edge you have to walk is how do you stay a person and how do you stay, you know, humorous and earthy and yourself mm-hmm. and authentic while at the same time being sensitive to where people are at and what they're going through and the things that can come up and the shame. And, and, you know, and we talked uh, last time about Christians and, you know, uh, I know a lot of like, I guess they're called ex-evangelicals or, mm-hmm. you know, refugees from Christianity. And mm-hmm. I think ourselves included in some way. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, like ways that they've been gaslit and, uh, not able to trust themselves and not develop certain parts of themselves because of the, you know, the constraints they've been in. And then, you know, you got, you know, there's, there's a, there's a bridge there. And so I think that's like our, our kind of responsibility is to like, be humorous in ourselves and fun. And cause I mean, no matter what Enneagram is going to get more and more savage you know oh yeah <laughs> and i mean <laughs> when i when i first uh learned the enneagram i was like 18 a naive as fuck and i joined uh the riso hudson message board on their website it's not up anymore and i was like hello everybody i'm a sexual four with a five wing hello <laughs> not knowing that that was a popular mistype and not knowing that mm-hmm. there was anything around that i just thought it was that's how you know oh that's what i am mm-hmm. and i remember people were so fucking brutal with me mm-hmm. like that was a brutal board so brutal <laughs> it was it was yeah totally and um you know and i remember how like fucking shocked i was like whoa <laughs> like i'm just saying I, and you know i came to understand some of their point of view i still think there was a lot of assholes and whatever but um but you know i think that i think that what we're, we're basically doing a pretty good job of balancing being real and humorous and using the word uh penis and enneagram in a sentence and not having the world fall apart um and not 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 destroying the spiritual potency and not pretending that spirituality is suddenly when we uh we we dress in robes and longingly in each other's eyes for too long and talk about the goddess and stuff and um, you know how we're balancing trying to balance that and the sensitivity and like that's part of being a, a, a fuller human is not compartmentalizing these parts of ourselves or putting them at war with each other but how do i how do i bring my humor and my human you know my sexuality and my aggression and how do i bring my higher qualities and my presence and the things beyond me and how do i put them into an integrated whole and own the parts rather than keep more separation between them and you know what parts of me have to educate other parts of me so like i'm sure um you know being offensive is not necessarily depending on who's getting offended and over what it's not necessarily a bad thing but how do we uh you know offend the right people and how do we hold what's real in people without just getting jaded and like, oh, that's fucking fucking fuck whatever and, and shitting on people's self-exploration and where they need, they need something. You know, everybody's traumatized, everybody's vulnerable and everybody feels ashamed and they feel rage and they feel anxious, you know? And, I, sorry, go ahead. I, I, I look at it in a similar way in, in the way people react to political satire like Saturday Night Live or, you know, your dad's work with those cartoons that people get identified with certain political ideologies that when someone points out something valid, uh, like uh, with humor, a criticism, people get really upset about it. Um, And so they can't, they don't have the ability to laugh at themselves or laugh at something that is legitimately wrong or something that could be poked at um as a criticism or as that's as satire and they're just like oh no i i'm i'm upset and and in some ways satire and humor some things can only be said in that way definitely some things can only be communicated with humor um you can't illustrate some of how ludicrous 
the things that happen in the Enneagram community, you, that's the only way you can do it. I mean, you can, and sometimes that's the only way you can reach people because you can have a book, you can have a blog post that'll get ignored, but the right meme that's funny, that kind of gets under someone's skin, that illustrates an idea or illustrates how ridiculous um, a viewpoint is, is the only way that it's actually going to like get someone to realize something. Well, what I appreciate about your humor and not a fourth thing is that you're not making fun of people and you're no, not making yeah. fun of people's self-exploration. What you're making fun of is the undue and unnecessary pride people have in their either their self-typing yeah. or in their assumption of having complete knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, it's I'm I sh- making fun of their egoism rather than themselves, you know. Right. It's it's about everything that's around um the, the how much we've glorified this one type to the point where people are not willing to let go on enough of it to explore what else it might mean. And that even the suggestion, it's because it's proving the point. Like the suggestion that what you think this type is isn't actually what it is. If you're upset by that, if you're defensive about that rather than curious about what else you might discover, then you have your two and your two ego invested in what you think this typing is adding to your identity, which isn't what this thing is about. (laughs) So it's the whole thing is illustrating it. Like being upset is illustrating the point of why it should exist is pointing out that Mm -hmm. you aren't looking at the thing that's important. Um, yeah anyway <laughs> well yeah so one of the things that Enlika is referencing for anybody listening to our obscure uh in-group talk is um <laughs> he made an, a, a hilarious instagram account called not a four where he pokes he pokes you using humor like talks about what a four is versus misconceptions around it because for whatever reason in Europe, North America, and Australia, uh, especially, a lot of people mistype as fours. And something like, I would guess, like maybe 70% of people mm-hmm. that initially see themselves as four are not. At least half. Minimum. At least half. At least Minimum. half. And, it's, and I, there's a lot of social and, and cultural reasons for that, I think. We can blah, 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 go into that. But one of the... Uh, one of the main points that is uh, very funny to me that comes up that upsets people a lot is, you know, fours and not. So is the comment that fours are just naturally empathetic. Yep. And Emika often makes fun of how fours are not naturally empathetic. They have that quality, but fours are naturally self-absorbed. And I think any real four sees that that has been a lifelong struggle. I, for example, I consider myself very empathetic, uh, you know, just generally, but I notice that I am very selectively empathetic, you know, so I can feel a great amount of empathy for uh, homeless people. And I'll have steering fucking hatred for uh, rich people or the military or whatever. And when I'm in a more awake state, I can, I can have a, a kind of clean empathy with everybody but with a nine uh for example nines have a lot of super ego investment in being empathetic generally speaking not every nine but i think a lot of nines do and they naturally absorb feel impressions from other people making them natural empathizers even in the average levels of health mm-hmm. and so uh you know calling attention to how pissy and judgmental and uh mean force can be i think is kind of funny and I don't take it personally at all. Whereas a lot of people who mistype as four, are like, no, fours are super empathetic. And they're coming from this very angry place, which is hilarious. Like, you know, it's like that they're kind of not practicing what they preach. I'm not saying all empathy needs to be nice. But like, there's this often this like, you, they're not saying it like this usually, but they're like, you fucking jerk. I'm empathetic. Yeah. You can feel that. You can feel and the I anger. For, and, and I know for sure this, I'm a four is what they're saying too at the same time. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing that really is really um, illustrative is that um, just the suggestion, because usually almost all the time, what you're suggesting is that 
what you think for is isn't actually what you think it is like there's more to it than what you think it is and just the suggestion always brings up this defensive but i'm sure i'm a four well no one said anything about what you were what your typing was right the suggestion that what you thought for was or is isn't is such a threat to your own self typing self-concept because what it's suggesting is that if you identify with four based on this idea that's incomplete and maybe you identify with the wrong type but right. and that is such a threat. That is such a, a threat that they have to uh, immediately assert that. The only right. way you learn the Enneagram is by discarding your first, second, third, fourth, and whatever, et cetera, impression of all the types of what the Enneagram is. Yeah. You know, you have to keep discarding what you think you know. Mm-hmm. You have to discard what you think your type is. You have yep. to always be questioning. And, you know, you get reached a certain point where you're like, I'm pretty fucking sure. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if anybody's going to dispute that knows me uh, that I'm a four. Um, I think people initially sometimes think I'm something else because I can be a little bit more. Uh, you know, I could be kind of five-ish or whatever. But it's pretty clear I'm a four. Uh, but at the same time, like I need to be open to even what does that fucking mean to be a yeah. four? Like I can, like I, I'll know very clearly I'm a hard type. I'll know very clearly I'm a withdrawn type. I'm a reactive type. I'm, you know, X, Y, and Z uh, that, that fit all this category. I can know my own experience and be like, well, compared to other people, Jesus Christ, four <laughs> is like where I'm at and that's the themes and da, da, da. But at the same time, like, I mean, I've been, I've known the Enneagram for over 10 years and I'm still learning new stuff and even refining, like you, you get a little, little tiny piece, like a little mm-hmm. tiny puzzle piece. And then suddenly the whole image mm-hmm. of what you think you're looking at changes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same thing happens for me with, you know, just you're constantly learning. And um, I remember some experiences I've had in the past year or so with some other eights or female eights that have been romantically interested in me that helped me see myself or see my eight patterns more clearly because I could see. So I could see someone doing something that I've recognized in myself that I didn't understand before. So like the the line to five and eights sort of needing to pull back to see if you still care mm-hmm. or like if mm-hmm. you even give a fuck about them. I didn't, I mean, people talk about the line to five, but it's like, I didn't really understand um, what that would look like and, and how I was doing the same thing. Whereas you have to actually, there's a point where an eight will pull back t- to see if you will, uh, prove to them that you actually care that they exist um and in a romantic situation it's very obvious when that's happening i've seen that happen in like a very micro situation where it's like we just met and this thing is happening and i can see that if i don't show you that i'm interested enough you're going to give up and or you're going to just stop the whole thing and it's a very like hard stop that's why i send you heart emojis every day (laughs) (laughs) so so it's it's it was a kind of an interesting thing. It's like, oh yeah, this is this hard wall that an eight will retreat back into. Um, and there's ways that I'm doing that. It's like, oh, I need you now, I need you now. And if you're not there, it's like, all right, I'm done. I'm this is it. <laughs> I'm just I've I've completely gave, given up on this whole thing. Um and so like there's just all these little angles and little insights that are revealing themselves about all the types just based on the years and years of thinking about it that sometimes like you realize something that completely changes the way you thought about that type before um and so it's just it's just hilarious to me to see how invested people are in their concept of what four is based on just a, a couple things that are very easy to poke holes in and those couple ideas um they're so invested in and they're not interested in anything more so it's not like hey oh that's an interesting new insight on type four can you tell me more about that (laughs) no it's it's how dare you say that about fours and also it's like you know most people look at type from the lens of traits and you know descriptions and they're like oh well that description fits me better than other descriptions but yeah descriptions and traits are a pretty lousy way to understand and learn about the types like 
yeah. on entry points and I think they're sort of necessary for getting it you know getting a feel for oh there's something to this but um you know comparing it like how I mean besides reading a million terrible descriptions it doesn't exist in us as a bunch of traits it's that's not what it is that's not what that's our true. type is yeah and so traits are important and they help you know it's like oh I'm you know in the in the fucking endless is Trump an eight or a three Oh, you'd be like, is is Trump efficient? Fucking no, he's not. You know, like there's there's things like that you can point to. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, like like to, I think I talked about it on the on the, one of the calls is is um, you know, like I have a five wing in my tri type. I also have a five. Uh, you know, I'm around a lot of fives. Um, I have fives in my family and. Alaria pointed out the role of avarice in five and in a way that like completely illuminated five for me, you know, that, that avarice isn't just like, Oh, I, I withhold my feelings and I'm, I withhold myself cause I'm easily overwhelmed. Cause I was like, man, fives are actually like, they're not these like fragile little things. They're no. fives often overwhelm me. Uh, and they're often very aggressive, but intellectually mm-hmm. aggressive. And I was yep. like, it doesn't make sense that, like, you always, you always talk about five is like, oh, they're so, they're just like little wispy, fragile things. And I was like, what? No, that's not, yeah. I don't know, didn't, didn't match my experience. And yet I couldn't explain it. I couldn't figure out what was the connection between the aggression and this thing I understood as avarice. And then Alaria mentioned um, the kind of control the avarice is, where, you know, I won't approach a certain, like if, if, if we start talking like an unhealthy, unhealthy five, if the topic goes into something that I don't feel like I know much about or have much orientation to or experience with, and it, I'll shift the topic or I'll just withdraw, which is an aggressive act also. Mm-hmm. And that sense of like how I'm controlling and limiting my experience, like <laughs> opened up the whole mm-hmm. sense of how the ego of the five works i like understood the high parts but the low parts i could see the traits behaviors strategies but i couldn't piece it together and that like radically changed my idea of five hmm. yeah five is an inversion of one nancy what about you mm-hmm. it's a controlling nancy, what about you and three like is there's a delay here sorry <laughs> <laughs> What a dick. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know how the call is working. Oh my God, that is so funny. <laughs> what were you saying to myself? I was asking <laughs> about uh, your experience of, of, of type three and realizing if there, there's some new things you've realized about um, three and um, you being a three, like some new insights that you didn't realize maybe a year ago? Um, well, I have to make sure David's not going to interrupt me again. <laughs> <laughs> this is how nines um, are. Canceled. <laughs> David, you have been voted off the island. This is, are you see? even a nine, David? <laughs> yeah, you see? We need to have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying oh, to just man. brainwash all these nines and think... <laughs> Or for us to think that they're nines, mm-hmm. like you need to stop that. <laughs> need to slow down. Um, let's see. That's a, that's a good question. Um, well, I think one of the interesting things I learned when I was in the narrative training was the actual way of well, deceit plays out. Um, because whenever someone would describe a three, they're like, oh, well, deceit is part of a three. And I'm like, I don't deceive people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't just go around lying. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But it's something interesting that came up in the group of threes that I was with was that it's not so much that we're lying, we're just pulling out different parts of ourselves. And so we're very, a lot of threes, in my experience, are very um, multifaceted. Hmm. on purpose purposely multifaceted so that when we're in these situations we can you know pull out whatever side of us that we need to pull out instead of like whatever's there right now um Hmm. so i think that's an interesting way that 
uh, you know, we we kind of place an inflection on the word deceit. Say more about what you mean. Um, How do you do it? How do you think you do it? Yeah. Okay. Well, so I have a lot of examples. <laughs> um, I'm trying to pick one that's more appropriate. So um like i did sales for a long time so i would i was direct sales like door-to-door shit and Mm -hmm. so if i was like talking to a like a housewife i would talk a lot about like their kids and their dog and like you know be very like oh wow that's very interesting and kind of girly and timid whereas if i were with the husband I would talk more about sports and you know the football teams that I know about and you know be much more like tomboy ish Mm -hmm. where I could be both sides because I am both girly and tomboyish and know about football and the best nail polish question (laughs) um are you I'm trying to figure out I think David has mentioned this about threes being able to have like a direct um direct sense of you like the like an image center direct line to what you're about so i'm trying to figure out is your ability to adapt to this person is that based on the idea that you can read them pretty much from the jump yeah most of the time i can read almost anybody so tell me about that like is it like you're getting an image center impression of what this person is about like what is that like so you get on a call with the housewife is is it that you've got an image of them like what what is your experience of being able to read them so in my more recent experiences it's more of an energy um hmm. that's hard so it's more of like an energy so um it's like i'm sinking to their energy field like wherever they sit on that energy field, I can sink into it, hmm. um, like sync up with it, and sync kind of, as in S Y N. Yes, S S Y, not S I. Yeah, yeah. Mm. me as a, a very interesting progression from nine to three. Just yeah. energetically, like of like riding that I, line. I think a lot of what sloth is is keeping myself fragmented, and you know. Like, so there's the deceit there where there's, but it's from a different center, you know, mm. body center fragmentation versus emotional centers, different images that I pull out. Like, like, you know, I think a Chazo called, I mean, yeah, in a Naranjo called uh, self social nine adaptability and, and nines are so much more adaptable than threes, you know, threes are mm. like, can, can get a new skill or something, but it's that like the new part of me comes out depending on the situation, but it's hard for me to get all my selves in order. Whereas the three can really galvanize all themselves, mm-hmm. but it's different facet of the image expressed. <laughs> uh, but then in terms of syncing, synchronizing, I mean, there's the nine and three thing going on right there too. Mm-hmm. So, and okay. it's very, very like, um, like pleasurable when I can sync up with someone. It's like, yes, I can, I, I know you. So mm. it's, like, it's like I get something out of it too. So what if you meet someone and, I don't know, let's say that they're specific enough in a certain way that you don't, you're doubtful that you can sync up with them. Has that ever happened to you that, that you don't know quite how to sync up with them? Or do you feel like you can always find a way or find the parts of yourself that, to mirror this person? There is a type of person that I can't sync up with, and I don't know what it is, but it is a certain type of person, and I can't get it. Hmm. Example? Um, Me? No, you're pretty easy, David. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, David's easy. Um, (laughs) So there's like, (laughs) it's oftentimes people I meet in like professional settings, and I don't know if it's because they're putting on a facade 
other threes um, yeah it could so i'm starting to wonder <laughs> if it's other threes because it feels very much like i don't actually know what's there oh. i'll be talking to them and this and it's like very awkward and i don't know where to lead and like but they also don't know where to lead so you're it's both weird. doing the same thing yeah so That's it's what almost happens with me in nines is, really i mean it's not the same thing but it's similar in that it, there's sort of this elemental problem <laughs> of <laughs> of uh well with nines it's you know nines are kind of looking for somebody else to be the engine for somebody else to be the catalyst you know galvanizer mm -hmm. something and when there's two nines it's yeah it's, uh, <laughs> there's no movement <laughs> it's just two floating people and so what are we supposed to do here uh kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> trying to communicate and yeah. yeah so i often th have thought it's other threes that i mean yeah so do you get the sense that you are um it's not like you've it's not like a nine where they feel like they're losing themselves as they're Mm -hmm. absorbing this person you still feel like i'm still me i'm just showing them a part of me right Correct. Like, yeah like this is one part of me they don't get to know the whole thing that's just for me but they can see this side how does that play out romantically um well so it takes it takes a while for well okay it plays out romantically in the way that there are often bombs dropped on the relationship throughout the relationship like oh by the way there's this side of me too oh, okay and like, yeah how did like can you give an example um <laughs> um well so i that stuff you have in that closet <laughs> yeah yeah that stuff i have in that closet um so like in my current relationship it's like coming out oh by the way like oh I'm bi or like here's that part of me or like you know I they're just like different facets of me that aren't obvious that like people need to know if they're going to be romantically involved with me but nobody else needs to know in my mind mm. kind of thing so it's more like as the relationship progresses it's like well I guess if we're gonna be this close you might as well like yeah like you can't you can't not you can't like move in with me and not know this shit about me like it's mm. just not cool hmm. yeah it's funny how like versus the eight thing where i'm just like I'm here's gonna all of it you, i'm gonna bombard you with all of that shit from the <laughs> oh you don't like oh, it man. you never liked me <laughs> <laughs> you never loved me no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the especially the sexual aid has this like can you handle me <laughs> yeah like yeah, very like in your face yeah i'm bi <laughs> you like that Down with that because <laughs> it's it's sort of a pre-rejection thing as a rejection no. type you know it's like like oh no i'm feeling vulnerable because i kind of like this person let me get them to reject me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm still working on that. <laughs> that must be interesting. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I'm just not going to do much. <laughs> Try not to scare this person. Yeah. But I think people read uh, in sexual aids, you know, that, I mean, I think especially all sexual rejection types is like, I want you to reject me, baby. You know, like mm. reject me so hard. Mm -hmm. And you know and i'm gonna make sure that happens by like overdoing it especially for two and eight and then for five it's like overdo it here and not do it all here you know like yeah the conditions in terms of the control of where i'm going to engage with you are are very set here and they're not happening here yeah i've had a lot of experiences with threes and um my impression at least from an aid standpoint is that there's a way that they're editing out. I mean, all the image types are editing, but with three is is I'm they're presenting they're presenting the aspects of a situation that um, it's not necessarily positive or um, it's just to me it seems it seems like you're leaving out important parts 
certain parts that I, I think have to be part of the story. So it's like, if something bad happens, um, a three might find a way to say that, you know, this was, uh, this was a good experience. This was a developmental reframe. Yeah. Like, you know, sevens can do that too. Like re positively reframe it. Mm -hmm. But with three, it's a little bit more like, uh, competent in a way that actually helped my development in this way. And it actually makes more sense. Sevens just want to skip over the shitty stuff, but threes can, they can find a very, uh, competent way to make a bad situation into a, um, a very grounded, real, like this was actually helpful. Mm-hmm. And I think of it as athletic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, this failure <laughs> yeah. actually spurred me and made me tougher. And that's, that's true. It's not like mm-hmm. any of these things are untrue. But as a reactive type, it's almost like, well, I mean, there's a shitty aspect of this. Weaning. We have to talk about that, too. Like, this actually sucked. It felt terrible. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that? <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. It's like, you know, don't be so negative. Like, <laughs> why, why are you bringing that up? <laughs> like, I mean, it's about advancing. It's about getting better. So why do we need to talk about that? Let's just use right. this, this experience as a way to improve. And I'm just like, well, I mean, it sucked, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but living in that suck slows you down. And ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> exactly. So it becomes, I have a lot of three friends uh, who um, that becomes a point of, uh, of a contentious point that a point of friction just mm-hmm. in the ways of looking at things my best friend is three fixed and it's one of the big differences between us because I, I can I can sit in the suck all day long like I've come up with certain exercises that creative exercises that are based on negativity <laughs> that he that he can't that he refuses or doesn't want to or he it doesn't work for him I guess that's what he's told me um, I, I just coming up with ideas based on the, the ways that things make you feel negative in a bad way. And he's like, well, that that's not actually helping me come up with ideas. <laughs> I just <laughs> making me feel shitty. <laughs> I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's a way that threes don't really. There's a level way that they they want to focus on the thing that's going to help them get to the next thing. And like we can talk about the negative thing, but there's really no point in doing that if that's not going to help us get to the next thing. Right. And in my experience, it's, it's almost like a reflex. Like it's like a instant reframe uh, uh-huh. because it's, it's like a survival instinct almost like I'll mm. find myself if something bad happens, I know that I'm like, I'm pushing the emotions down. I'm like, well, like I realize I'm pushing the emotions down, but there's no real way for me to, feel them Mm. because it's so reflexive that it just happens and Mm. I'm like I know I'm really sad about this but for some reason I'm not sad about this the thing though is it doesn't that doesn't mean that threes are cold because a lot of threes are sensitive and no I I don't find threes cold at all unless they're like really unhealthy but it's it's that kind of weird thing where what you're describing that you can push the emotions down is in conflict with kind of the impression I get of a lot of threes, which is they're still personable, emotional types of people. But how does that, how do you experience that? Because you seem like a sensitive, emotional person, but how does that um, show up in you that you can push these feelings down, but you're still kind of not a cold person? Well, emotions serve me. A lot of times so if the emotion serves me i'm fine with experiencing it mm. um but it's if i think it's going to just bog me down and there's no real purpose to it then i can kind of shut it down mm. um if that makes sense so i can still be very emotional and have all of the emotions but it's not I, I don't know. I don't know how to. No, I, I, I get that. it. I get it on some I, level. I think like, um, you know, uh, the role of the heart center in threes is equivalent to the role of the body center in nines, where it's like split off from the other two centers. Mm. So like, I think, uh, uh, yeah, I think what Nancy is speaking to sounds like, um, 
I can do and use my mind to support my doing. And then when I'm safe, I can feel. And then when I feel like these are things or safe feelings, I can feel them in the moment. Cause like, I know threes, it can get very emotional just when they're in the right situation. It's like, well, the stereotype is that threes are cold and unemotional and calculating and they're not at all. But uh, yeah, I think they can put emotions that conflict with, the ego agenda or the image that they're trying to present, they can put those aside. Mm -hmm. And that happens when I'm putting forward an image. Mm. But if I'm not putting forward an image, if, you know, if I'm not caught up in my like threeness, like if I'm just hanging out with my boyfriend or, you know, comfortable, then I can have all the emotions Mm. Yeah, very deeply. I think of it like in contrast, to four uh because as a four it's very hard for me to put my feelings and impressions aside to do something mm. like you know the the let the more unhealthy of four is the less functional they are and they're dysfunctional because they can't get any space from their impressions from their feelings and this kind of thing and they get more bogged down and dwelling on them and um and so, you know, like I, I joke that my my non-existent about my non-existent three wing because it's like I can't. It's very hard for me to do like three things in a day, and that's because as a four, my like the fourth thing is like I'm gonna be as true to my fucking heart as possible, and you know that's a whole problem because you're grasping for the heart and you can't really grasp for it. It doesn't work mm-hmm. that way, and that's why instead of like to, to grasp for it, I generate negative feelings to feel my heart there and be true to my negative feelings. Mm-hmm. But in the contrast to three, it's like we all know that if we're too much, too dwelling in our feelings, we can't get things done. And so three understands that and they can use that when they're healthy to their advantage of, of all right, I can put my f- feelings about this aside and I can just do what I got to do. But it becomes a chronic habit and, and exaggerated and uh, it becomes a way that I don't, I'm not able to give my heart the kind of space it needs to surface because uh, I'm, ex- I'm afraid of not only what will, will come up, but I'm afraid that it won't be there when I need it. Mm-hmm. I think three, six, and nine also have a very elemental underlying duty to the collective is one way to say it also. And like nines it's at some almost environmental level that nines are holding space and energy and, and or they feel they're supposed to be. Mm. And they're, you know, do, doing a little bit of both, right? Either doing it in some way, just in their bodies, and it maybe does actually affect environments through body language somehow. Or maybe there is something going on underneath um, at an energetic level to a collective situation or something. But um, but threes, it's um, some sense of needing to be the flag bearer of hope and for the collective. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? Like I'm like can do. You know what I mean? We can do this. And let's keep striving upward up the mountain or something. And right. hearts. The, the saying, like, if not me, then who? Or something, whatever that saying is. Like, yeah. that's a very, like, that's a three thing. Yeah. I feel like. And yeah. like six, it's it's uh, sort of guardian kind of energy. You know, that kind of thing. Like, communicator for the collective. and. Uh, I don't know. I don't have the words right now for six. Watchdog. Watchdog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think sixes have a real sense of responsibility that like sort of like threes, if it doesn't if I if no like I gotta make sure that I'm keeping awake because uh mm-hmm. other people letting shit slide. Yep. But it's a little <laughs> bit more like in the background. So like working with, with Julie, you know, she's a six and she's always talking about that sense of like really you know super ego type like really punishing sense of responsibility that like 
other people are are gonna let this thing sink and it's gonna sink you know <laughs> and she decided to work with a four and, and it's just, <laughs> who lets shit sink where everything sinks <laughs> everything's sinking into the and, pit <laughs> the abyss so she was actually it was really funny um we were we we i i just came from meeting her and uh what did she say there there was always a there was always a thing that she had a certain kind of anxiety about when we started working together that i was going to get too weird and esoteric and off-putting and there's always this feeling she said of, of needing to not correct me but like kind of find a, a a way that i like the way i express myself or the things i'm coming with aren't too whatever weird or deep or uh obscure or whatever and then um and then she said that now that she's been working with me for like two years or whatever, that like there was some thing where she was partnered with another woman who was like, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know, you know, trying to figure out how their, their thing that they're working on together is going to go. And she was like, who cares? Like, let's go really into this or whatever. And um, so we rubbed off on each other because I'm much more like, uh, oh, I got to get this submitted by the time, by the time this is required, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I got to make this clear. You know, and so it's it's cool, but yeah, she's got that sense of like uh, that there, you know, there's there's like something that needs to keep going, mm-hmm. and I have to be keeping it going because no one else is responsible enough. Mm-hmm. John, I think you've done a really good job of like having uh, presenting balance in these definite like you have some awareness like okay this might not sound the best so let me let me say some shit that makes me sound like uh, someone i should that should be paid for workshops you know (laughs) (laughs) like a teacher or something like that so i mean i think you you don't have to worry about that i think you've done plenty to balance things out so cool yeah Yeah, i I figure when my book's out people hear my voice in that regard you know like right okay what what works for uh princess nancy (laughs) <laughs> seven or eight works for me on tuesday That's, let's uh let's aim for matter. eight because i have a meeting in the fucking afternoon because i'm always in meetings oh all right seven cool. o- or eight o'clock eight o'clock on tuesday nancy got aroused the word meeting notice that yeah <laughs> you just t- talk to me more about meetings and see where that goes Ooh. <laughs> Ooh tell me more <laughs> I think I think based on uh, what we were uh, talking about today for the second half of the call, the outro should be like, uh, "Did this place drop the bomb on me?" <laughs> no, you you dropped the bomb on me by the Gap Band. Oh well, that is not something I know about. So. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Oh, that noise! It's my dog's toy. I thought it was uh, a song. <laughs> <laughs> no, that should be the I, outro. Just my dog squeaking. <laughs> You win my friend.